would make me want to jump back into jujitsu classes and go find, <laughs> go find Kevin and have a little conversation with him. So. <laughs> What it is, what it do. This is Rambling, your Rams podcast that brings you inside of the team and news around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. And I got news for you. Football is back. The Rams are here. Sunday night football is days away. And the Rams and Cowboys will be playing under the lights at SoFi Stadium for the Rams' first game of the season. But before we see the new uniforms and the new stadium in action, I want to bring in someone who transcends the game. He is a veteran NFL writer. He was a co-worker of mine at ESPN. He's still stuck with me under the NFL family. You can catch him all over the NFL network and now on his brand new podcast called Huddle and Flow that he co-hosts with Steve Weich. This podcast is legit, and so is Jim Trotter. Jim, thank you for joining me today. <laughs> oh, Serena, my pleasure. I can't think of anyone I'd rather be stuck with under the NFL umbrella, so thank you for having me. You're the best. Uh, let's get to it. The biggest news, Jalen Ramsey is here to stay. It's Wednesday, September 9th. And I woke up to the news this morning that the lockdown corner has extended his contract with the Rams through the 2025 season. So, Jim, the news is here. What are your thoughts? Um, that it was always just a matter of time. Look, when, when you make a trade like the Rams made and you give up that compensation, it is a given. As much as anything can be guaranteed in the NFL, that there is going to be a sizable, if not record-setting, uh, contract to follow. So that's why I found it interesting in the early episode of Hard Knocks where the media were kind of questioning Jalen on, on this thing. And he got kind of tired of answering the question. You know, the reality is it was going to happen at some point. Um, so it was just like, why, why sweat it right now? So I'm, I'm happy for Jalen. I'm happy for the Rams. The other thing that I found interesting is just the length of the deal. And it seems like Athletes First now in particular is going for shorter deals at, rather than longer deals so that their elite clients can get more bites at the apple. And it's going to be interesting to see if others follow that same blueprint. And in essence, what you could be talking about is sort of a sea change as it relates to player contracts, where someone like Patrick Mahomes, who does a 10-year deal, you're not going to see things like that. I think you're going to see more and more uh, these shorter contracts so the players can reset the market um, quicker and get more money that way. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's agent has been very busy these days representing a lot of players in the NFL. So um, good for Ramsey. Uh, originally acquired in a trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was just last season. I was, uh, I was talking to Ramsey. I was like, man, you just got here last year and I finally get to see you during training camp. Um, to give you some stats here, Ramsey made 33 total tackles, one interception, and four pass breakups in nine games with 2019. Then he was named to his third straight Pro Bowl, made his third career appearance on the NFL's top 100 player list. And I have to note this because I appreciated this. Before the deal was even signed with the new contract, Ramsey had donated a million dollars to Purpose Preparatory Academy, um, an elementary school in his hometown of Tennessee. Um, to help enhance its programming. So this this kid's all about like caring for everyone. He's doing the right thing. 
I think I, 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 you, I'm sure you're with me on this, but it doesn't matter whatever, like you can smack talk all you want. It doesn't mean these guys are bad guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it drives me crazy. I'm like, oh, Jalen Ramsey. I'm like, he is a nice human. No, <laughs> I, so I, I, never, I never get into that, Serene. There's so much jealousy and envy out there um, as it relates to these guys. Uh, I, don't, I never pay any attention to that. But the question I want to know, and I know you as a Rams insider would have the answer. Did he buy that home that he visited on Hard Knocks? Yes or no? So um, I have asked him that, and he has he did he hasn't answered. But I was upset because that house is so um, it's so it's closer to the facility, and he actually lives very close to where I live. And so I was like, "You're leaving the neighborhood, man!" And he goes, "No, I'm still looking." So. There has been no confirmation if, if he bought that house in particular, because I'm still rooting that he can be my neighbor. Because that's I, that makes selfishly that makes me feel good that Jalen Ramsey could be my neighbor. So hey, I'm um, sure he's got enough room in that house that you could live there and he wouldn't even know you were there. So my favorite part of that scene in Hard Knocks was the fact that the house was like immaculate, right? You're just like wow, and this kid still was like. I'm going to put a pool. I need to improve this. Like, this was not perfect enough for him. It's like, I need to add this and this. So, um, hey, congrats to Jalen. Got the job done. And our defense now looks pretty good going into the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night football game. Um, overall thoughts on this matchup. First game of the season, you will be there at SoFi uh, with me very far away from each other, yet we will both be in the stadium. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, it's a, it's an intriguing uh, matchup. It, it takes me back to, actually, um, Dak first stepped on the national stage against the Rams, you know, after Tony Romo got hurt and, and Dak came in and, and there was all this hand-wringing about could he handle it, you know, as a rookie and whatnot, and we see what he's done since then. But... The storyline for this game, what really intrigues me is that how are all of the changes that both clubs have made going to impact what we see on the field? And for Dallas, you've got a new coaching staff. The offense essentially is the same, although you have C.D. Lamb coming in, which takes it to another level, I think, offensively. But they kept Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator, so many of the principles will still be applied there. But defensively, they're going to be so different. Um, transitioning to a 4-3, bringing in all that depth on the defensive line, but Dallas having lost some key guys in the secondary. So how are these younger guys going to stand up against a Rams offense that we know can throw the football? When you talk about Woods and Cub and Higby, you know, yeah. and Jared Goff there, my question then for the Rams is, how are you going to run the football? Because as much as people talk about you know, Sean McVay and the creative mind, the beautiful mind when it comes to throwing the football and everything. This offense is predicated on a running game, a strong running game. And if they don't have that, it's not the same. So I'm curious to see how this Rams running game is going to, to develop without Todd Gurley there. Yeah, I mean, right now, Malcolm Brown is slated at the number one spot for running back. And then you should know, uh, Daryl Henderson and the rookie Cam Akers out of Florida State are both also slotted. They, he's, he's planning to deploy a three running back rotation. We will see what that looks like. That's all, you know, 
to, to Sean McVay and Kevin O'Connell to make that decision come game time. But to your point, you know, the run game is going to be key. And so we will see how he uses his, uh, his three running backs on and overall on offense. Actually, I got it. You'd love this, uh, Jim Van Jefferson, the rookie wideout that they got from Florida. He looks so good. He is like a, a mix between Robert Woods and Cooper cup. Very excited to see him. And I think Josh Reynolds has also um, shown that what he can do and that he can step in and fill um, that wide out spot as well. So a lot of weapons. So just get richer in the passing game, in other words. Yeah. Yeah. No, they better. They, they Look, they need to establish that run. Um, but I think they're going to be tempted as well to throw it a lot because of Dallas's issues in the secondary, secondary. the question marks in the secondary there. But I'll say this for the Rams, too. I know you mentioned their defense earlier. I'm really intrigued as well to see whether or not they can pressure the quarterback from the edge. We know what Aaron Donald can do, but when you lose a Dante Fowler and you bring in a Leonard Floyd whose sack totals have decreased every year he's been in the league, which was one of the reasons that that the Bears chose not to retain him, um, look, you're going going to have to get after the quarterback if you're playing the Cowboys. with the weapons that they have in the passing game. So I'm intrigued to see what kind of pressure they can generate off the edge, um, you know, to disrupt Dak and, 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 and take some of the timing out of that offense in that passing game. For sure. And uh, I'll move on to the segment called what makes me happy because Jared Goff knows how fast Aaron Donald can actually get to him now that he's experienced it in two scrimmages. But uh, Jared Goff, I, I've got to give him props just observing him this off season. I've seen, a lot of growth and maturity um, on and off the field. Um, Off the field, I'll call this out. Um, His recent donation, Golf purchased Scholastic book packs and backpacks uh, for a thousand Inglewood students. This is the first of many initiatives that he will be involved in. And he said, quote, this isn't a one-time thing. You know, like I've shared with Inglewood Unified's leadership during discussions that I want to be part of the solution on leveling the playing field for youth in our new home. Um, I've heard a lot of... uh, I've heard a lot of listening from Jared. Jared's done, I think, a really good job at acknowledging that he is a white man and a white quarterback in the NFL. And it's been, you know, it's been good to see that he's making these sorts of decisions now. What are your thoughts, Jim? I think it's, I think it's um, a beautiful thing that you're highlighting this because I think everyone needs to highlight what these players do. We get so focused on them as football players with your fantasy football teams and all these sorts of things. But these players are making real substantive changes in their communities. And when you talk about now with COVID-19 and distant learning and whatnot, and communities and families that don't have access to Wi-Fi, and what you are doing then is they fall behind. And now, you know, you're talking about affecting a generation of kids here. So for Jared and others to step up and to be committed to being part of the solution rather than, than the problem, Um, I applaud him and I applaud everyone else and every team that is doing something to try and make positive change in this country. So kudos to him, the Rams, and all the other clubs and players who are out there doing good work. For sure. Uh, Moving on to news from around the NFL. Jim, I love, I love this story. This is my favorite NFL story. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. What What you got? What you got? (laughs) I want to hear 
Alex Smith and his comeback. This man went from nearly dying and now he's on the 53 man roster for Washington's football team. Like forget walking like this man almost lost his life and it has been beyond impressive to see him make his return. What do you make of Alex Smith's story? Um, Can I be honest and say that I am completely conflicted uh, as it relates to this story because Alex Smith is such a special human being mm-hmm. that all I want for him is the best. And when I see him with his wife and his kids, all I want is for him to be able to grow old and be healthy and enjoy you know, um, the second part of his life with his family. Having said that, it is not my, his journey is not my journey and it is not for me to try and, and put onto him what I want. And if he feels this is what he needs to be able to go out there and try and compete and play again, then more power to him. Um, I, just, I just hope and I pray that he stays safe and that he stays healthy because, again, he is truly one of the quality human beings in the NFL and someone who has gone through so much um, that you just want the best for him. And... So again, I have to step back and say, you know what? It's not my journey and just pray for him and hope for the best. For sure. That's actually a good, you know, as football fans, you're like, let's go see him play. But it's like, man, I mean, what his family has just endured to help support him is, you know, incredible. And so it's like, take it easy, buddy. Like that is an interesting thought. Also, thoughts and prayers um, to Ron Rivera. Um, I, I heard your interview with him on your podcast. Um, so thoughts and prayers to Coach Rivera, who's actually starting chemo this week as well. Um, I'm going to move on to Serena's socially distant social segment. Jim, this one's for you because uh, you focused a lot during this pandemic, your health, your home improvements. I saw that you may even upgrade to an electric car. So my question for you is, what are your top three recommendations for NFL fans trying to keep busy at home? So I'm looking for, give me one fun, one fit, and one fabulous recommendation for the NFL season. Ooh, that's hard. Um, actually, we just put in the charging cable for the car today. Hey! Not car yet, so, yes. Um, that's, a, that's a hard question because I've been on lockdown since March 18th. And my wife has asthma, so in our house, we've been particularly careful not to put ourselves in any compromising situations. And so since getting home from the studio on March 18th, the only places I have been, um, with rare exception, is to the grocery store, the pharmacy, the vet, or Home Depot. That's been it. And so I, I have not done a lot of fun things, if you will. Um, I, I don't know about fun. I've gone a little stir crazy. Uh, I'll be honest with you. And on a serious note to everyone out there, um, I did not realize how tough it would be being on lockdown for this long mentally. And I think it's important for folks to be able to recognize that there are going to be days where you're not going to feel like yourself and you're going to be in a place where I don't want to say you're depressed and maybe that's what it is, but you just don't feel like yourself. Yeah. And I can tell you, I've gone through that. And, and, and the only way that I've been able to cope with it truly is to one, recognize it and identify it and say that it's okay. 
And then the other thing is to try and find a distraction. And for me, that distraction became getting on the Peloton bike almost five days out of the week to seven days out of the week and just getting away from all of it. And so, you know, my whole thing a year ago this time was I had noticed that my clothes weren't fitting right. And, you know, in TV, you try and get clothes that are sort of tailored for you so you look good on air and that sort of thing. And so there's not a lot of wiggle room there when you start expanding. So, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully here. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I had a choice to make. It was either I can go get a new wardrobe or I can do the right thing and try and get healthy. And I chose to try and get healthy. And so um, at the time, I think, and I'm not a big scale guy, but just for, you know, accountability purposes, I had gotten on the scale back then. And I think I was at like 203. And by the time the pandemic hit, I was 193. And most recently, when I weighed myself here at home, I was down to like 173. Wow. So, um, and, and I'm not trying to lose weight. It's just doing what I'm doing every day. Yeah. Um, my wife isn't happy about it because she says I'm now too skinny. <laughs> and um, so she's like, you need to put some weight back on. And so I, I haven't figured out yet how to balance those two things of working out the way I want and yet not losing too much weight. So that's a long-winded way of saying, Serena, for everybody, it's different. Um, for me now, I enjoy getting on the, on the bike, which I never thought I would. Um, I was never a stationary bike guy. I hated spin classes. And there's just something about, you know, this Peloton app and the fact that you can take classes off of the bike as well. Yeah. That makes it um, valuable for me. Um, and then beyond that, just try and stay in contact with people who who have positive spirits like yourself. I can tell you um, all truthfulness, like I deleted my Instagram account because it was like, I need a you safe- You did, I couldn't find you. <laughs> I know, I said, I, just, I need a safe space away from work, away from politics, away from all of that, where I can just see things in people who make me smile, you know, and make me feel good. And so I, I created a new page, I made it private, and it, all that's really on there is like workout stuff or things that, again, that I enjoy. So I, I think that people, the uh, only thing I can say to people is, is Marshawn Lynch, to quote the, the football philosopher Marshawn Lynch, protect your mentals, you know? Yes. And it's so important. And, that, and that's what I've tried to do. For sure. So did I answer your question? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, yeah, the, the fit is the Peloton. I'll give you the fun. We just need to get you a good playlist, you know, a little old town, uh, Motown, old school, kind of some Frankie, good vibes. Well, true story. Now, now you know, you mentioned the podcast, right? Yes. So Steve is, he's only a few years younger than me, but he is a heck of a lot hipper than me. I'm like the biggest nerd. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I'm not just saying that to, to say it. I am like a nerd. I, I don't, I, I there are just so many things I don't know anything about, like pop culture and, and, and this, that, and the other. So, like when we were trying to choose music for the podcast, <laughs> and they would bring up, you know, these, these rap groups and hip-hop and this, and I'm like, I don't really know that I can name a song that this group has, you know? Now, if you want to talk about Frankie Beverly and Mays. There you go. You want to talk about Motown? I got you. But so there was something last night and it was from Mob Deep. 
And so Steve sends me a text. He's like, look at Jim talking about Mob Deep. And I said, no, Steve, I was only repeating what was in the email. I listened to the track and that's how I identified the song. If you had asked me prior to that to name a Mob Deep song, I might know it if I hear it, but I couldn't tell you a name. So, um, so we're gonna, I, I think on the podcast, you'll get more of that where you start to see our personalities and what we're really alike. And in so many ways we're similar, but in so many ways we're so different. And I just have to own that, that, you know, from a young age, my parents used to, and my grandparents used to tell me I have an old soul. That's why they nicknamed me Papa. And, oh, um, I love that. and so I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm that nerd guy. I'm that guy that just, you know, whatever. And I'm old enough to be okay with it. You know, that's the cool thing. That, that's one of the positives of age. You start not to care about things that aren't really important. So I, as a person who's coloring my hair and I'm now, I went from brunette to blonde. I respect it because I'm not there yet, but I will get there at some point. So, and I should note for those listening, um, Jim is currently rocking his Howard University shirt, of course. And I am drinking out of my Syracuse University. There you go. Mug, so. It's all good. You're so cool. When you step back and you look at it in terms of, say, broadcast journalism, our universities have to be right up at the top in terms of putting out talent um, that just sort of leads the industry, if you will. So, um, in in terms of sheer numbers. So, it's funny to me how many people, when they stop and think, like, we know Syracuse and the talent that's come out of there. But so many people don't know the talent that's come out of, out of Howard. And when you go and you look across the NFL landscape or the sporting landscape, man, we are everywhere. So I, I laugh when people say um, Howard alums are insufferable, you know, because all they do is talk about this school and this and the other. And my point is, shouldn't everyone feel that way about their university? Yes. We yeah, that is why talk. I brought my cup, because I heard you guys talk about that on the pod, on your podcast. I was like, you know what? I am going to rep my school because Absolutely. I agree with you. Just, I'm insufferable with Syracuse, as you should be with Howard. So I totally get it. Absolutely. You know, my Syracuse story goes back to when I was in college at Howard. That was when the Big East and Patrick Ewing was all so big. And for me back then, it was, it was Pearl Washington. You know, he was that guy for Syracuse. And um, those were the good old days. Serena. We could sit here and talk about that forever. But... I remember going back to my my either my dorm room or the room that I was renting one year and watching on a little 12 inch black and white TV, watching those Georgetown Syracuse games. The best. They I have a pearl, a long sleeve dry fit shirt that I like run with. And sometimes people are like, I see you. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> Just rep it hard. I get it. Uh, people here are like, what? I thought this was a Rams podcast. <laughs> I know. Um, I will give you this, Jim, to end it because I can only imagine that you will have something to say. Um, in our last segment, say what? My favorite quote from your LA Rams this week comes from Les Snead, who claimed that COO Kevin Demoff stole his stationary bike on last night's Hard Knocks, the after show. Jim, take a listen. But I, you know, you know what's occurred now, though. Kevin Demoff during the quarantine stole my bike to take to his garage to do the whole quarantine workout and hasn't replaced it yet. So I've been lost without the stationary bike, you know, watching film in the office. 
Did he steal it or did you lend it to him? Well, I think he, well, he, he's, he's, he's my boss. So I can't really accuse him. <laughs> uh, he didn't ask for permission to take it. He did text me a picture of it uh, in the back of his, uh, if you want to call it car. Yeah. It seemed like it was a SUV, right? Can't put a bike in the car, but he texted me and said, Oh, by the way, I'm going to take your bike home. Yeah. He, he stole Les's bike. So I just want to know, Jim, how, knowing how you feel about a Peloton now, what does this do for your soul knowing that Kevin Demoff would steal Les's bike, stationary bike? It, makes you, it, it would make me want to jump back into jujitsu classes and <laughs> go, find, go find Kevin and have a little conversation with him. So, <laughs> Did you talk to Kevin? Were you like, man, this this Peloton thing is great. And he's like, you know what? I should, I know there's one available in Les's office. You know, that's a great point. I, I did not, but I should have. And, and if Peloton is listening, I do think I am owed some sort of compensation for all of the people that I have talked to and pushed the Peloton world onto them. Um, you know, just, just sending me a t-shirt is not enough, you know? I think, here, here's what, Serena, seriously, this is what I would love from Peloton, is Let's to say that for every, say, I don't know, five to 10 people that I can get to purchase a Peloton, they let me donate one to a person or group of my choosing. I think that would be awesome. I'm, I'm for that, I like that. I think we need to get that out there. I'll, um, I'll make sure we keep this part in the podcast. So if Peloton, if you're listening, one, well, you can sponsor. We'll, we'll give you all the advertisements. We already gave you some free ones today. So you know that we can do better. And uh, yeah, check out Jim. He's the best. Jim Trotter. Thank you so much. That's another episode of Rambling in the Books. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. We'll be bringing you more episodes throughout the season. If you're craving even more Rams podcasts, we've got Rams Revealed with JB Long and the newest podcast to join the crew, Rams Iconic with former Ram DeMarco Farr. Make sure you check those out wherever you listen to your podcast. And then of course, again, make sure you check out Jim Trotter's new podcast as well, Huddle and Flow. I love the first episode. Uh, the interview you did with Ron Rivera um, was great. So I'm, the it was, it subscribed, you're in. Jim, I'll see you on Sunday. Serena, I appreciate you. I love your spirit. Stay positive and keep bringing that good news. 